two dudes, when working together, can take down any boss. This is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow brought to you by RPGera.com. I am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, he is the host of the Media Files every single Friday. It is Kyle. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, sir. It's nice to have your voice back on the uh, Max Level podcast. It's been several weeks. A little bit of a little bit of a deeper growly voice this time. My allergies, man. This allergy season has knocked me over. That's okay. That's okay. We're just glad you're back. We're just pollen counts are high. <laughs> Death counts are high. That's true. Rune counts are high. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But we're progressing. You are progressing, I should say. I've progressed. Sure, I've progressed. I'm near the end of the game. You are progressing. We'll actually update on Elden Ring here shortly. But before we do, special shout-out to Acom's Laser for a majority of the music that you'll hear today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Remember, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, you can toss us a couple dollars each month. If not, continuing to listen each week does do amazing things for our visibility as well. So thank you all so much. While you're out there, make sure you leave us a rating and a review so that way this show does continue to grow. And special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. You guys rock. Thank you so much. All right, Kyle, let's jump into a little what's new with you. And like I said, I couldn't even do it that high this morning. My, my, just, I, I can't get that that high anymore. I'm not even high this morning. I just woke up a couple of What's new with you? <laughs> what's new with you? I used to try to do it like that, but it's hard to do it like right away at the first time each morning. Um, oh, yeah. You're finally going to talk some tunic, but before we talk tunic, I do want to update everybody on our adventures within the land of... Elden Ring, the uh, Forbidden Lands. Kyle, you are progressing. How far are you in Elden Ring now? Update the people. All right. The character sits at level 40, <laughs> uh, 47, I think. You picked up 10 levels when we played together last or the other nine, night. Yeah, nine, yeah. Nine, I, I went up nine levels, which was nice. Uh, and up until this point, I've played entirely solo. I haven't done any co-op, but you and me jumped in the other night and we actually pulled Sean in for about an hour also, which was a blast. And, you know, there is something to be said for the satisfaction of killing a boss after X amount of tries. You figure out the strategies, you execute everything perfectly, and boom, you finally get that boss down, right? However... There's a lot to be said for the fun that has when you're running around doing things with your friends. Oh, absolutely. Like, that, that's that's what I was trying to say a few weeks ago is that I wish, like, the multiplayer elements would have just been a little bit more fine-tuned because sure. it is so much fun. Every time I've been in there with Sean, now that you've gotten to experience how it is playing together, dude, it is a blast. Well, and as fun as it was running around killing stuff, finding things, you know, and and again you were showing me some things that i didn't know and i even showed you a couple things i was amazed that you didn't know i was amazed i'm over 100 hours in this game and you're like hey did you know this and i was like no <laughs> yeah there was there was a couple things that i there was that the I kind of holding explained to holding and, down on the d-pad to go back to the first item that you had set on your you know quick item slots i didn't know you could do that right and, and then, then dropping, dropping the guiding stones rainbow or whatever stones. rainbow yeah. stones over the cliff to see if they break to see if you'll die or not i didn't know that i just looked for the blood the blood 
blood spats on the ground that people died at. <laughs> yep, both of those are mechanics put into the game that are never explained to you, but if you do enough kind of exploration of stuff, those things hold true. Uh, but at any rate, we did teach each other some stuff. We had a lot of fun, and we got invaded about 10 times by enemy players trying to come kill us, and we took down nine of those 10, and I think that was probably the funnest part for me of the entire night. We played for about three and a half hours. Yeah, you and I played together for about three and a half hours. Sean was with us for a little over an hour before, you know, it was 3 a.m. my time, and I was falling asleep. Um, I think that's a recent change, too, because when I used to play with Sean... Like, just Sean before you and I started playing together. We didn't get invaded every time he would uh, summon me in. I feel right. like there was, there's was there been a change or something that when you summon somebody, it puts you at the top of the list to get invaded. Oh, that may be true. Because <laughs> I feel like every time you summoned either me or me and Sean, less than five minutes later, we were being invaded. It's true. I'm not complaining, though. Like I said, those were really, really fun oh, encounters no. that we had. PvP is so much fun in this game. PvP is yeah, a lot was of a great fun. Time. And the only dude we lost to was this fucking guy that once he this realized guy. there was three of us, because every time we would get invaded, I would go hide because I would just, you know, appear behind them. And I have the moat that's insane OP build that everybody's running on Twitch and YouTube right now. The arcane bleed build with the fucking trident from uh, Star Scourge Radon or whatever, his weapon. Like, yeah, I, you look like Aquaman. Yeah, basically. I'm wearing the tree sentinel armor. I'm, I'm pretty badass. And I come up behind these players and I just throw that out once and they did. And, and they're dead. Not they dead. They're dead. Um. And they did. <laughs> this guy saw me sneaking out, though, and took the fuck off and just started running around aggroing enemies. So when an invader aggroes enemies in your world, those enemies don't attack the invader. Right. The enemies attack you. So he went and yeah. he went. And that's, he what, went that's what killed me was a lobster. Yeah. He went and grabbed a lobster. He went and grabbed a bunch of fucking enemies. We were in the lake section outside of the academy. So he was grabbing all those fucking bot, like, you know, bigger mobs out there. And we survived for about what? 15 minutes just running around trying to kill him and, you know, just oh, yeah. picking yeah, off, took picking off stuff that or picking off stuff that he was aggroing. But eventually, Eventually, uh, he killed you. Or no, uh, a lobster killed you. No, a lobster. The, which, lo the giant lobster yeah, killed me. Which booted Sean and which I whatever. out. So we couldn't kill him. And he got credit for killing you. And he was probably pleased that he killed three people. Or he didn't kill three people. He was taking people. me off anyways. Yeah. I, I, was, I was happy to have it over. <laughs> but I haven't played since since we all had that I session. Either. I didn't get a chance I didn't to play, play yesterday. yesterday I was busy yesterday cleaning the house. Yeah. So that's all right. You know what? Man, I'm having a blast. Still... I, I want to play Horizon Forbidden West so bad, but every time I sit down and I'm ready to play, I can't not play this. Me too. Like, I know obviously I started Forbidden West before Elden Ring came out, but I haven't, I've only gone, I shouldn't say I haven't, I I did go back to Forbidden West twice since Elden Ring released, but I only played it for about an hour at a time before I went back to Elden Ring. So I really haven't put much time into Forbidden West since Elden Ring released. And then look, I'm in the same boat, man. I mean, I have Triangle Strategy. I have Stranger of Paradise. Oh, did you pick up Triangle Strategy? No, Justin did, but I can play it before I oh, leave okay. if I do, if I get a nice. chance to. Um, obviously, Stranger of Paradise. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo just arrived from Gamefly as well. And I know there's more that I'm forgetting because there's so Kirby many games. Yep, Kirby, I haven't picked that up yet, but I want to play it. Um, yeah, and, and I've been watching a lot of people play that. I very nearly went and picked it up yesterday. I know you were telling me that. Techie Geek was talking about it in Discord, saying his kids were loving it, and he's having a blast kind of just helping yeah. them out. 
Well, and I'm watching people play it on Twitch. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's having a blast. I do want to play it. I really do. But there's just so much out there right now. There's so much. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And I am, it is about to slow down, thank God. It is about to slow down for a bit. Now, I think April is a relatively light month. There might only be like one, maybe two things that I'm interested in in April. Um, same thing with May. Now that a lot of these games have been delayed that were coming out in yeah. April and May till the later half of the year, these two months are, are going to be relatively slower now. And I'm not complaining about that because it's needed. We need to catch up. Um, and I'm not even, I, again, because I'm not done with Elden Ring. I am going for the Platinum Trophy. Uh, you know, I am over 100 hours. I've put right. several of that 100 hours into Sean's World, though. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm 30-some hours in. Yeah, and I want to say, like, probably a solid 20, maybe even more of my hours are in Sean's World. Right. If not more than that. So I will have that Platinum soon. I will move on from Elden Ring soon. I am at the end of the game. I have all of the areas open. I do need to kill a few additional like side bosses for some legendary stuff to get the trophies for and then i just have i think two or three main bosses left and i'll be finished with the game gotcha so i'm almost done but i know that people are tired of listening to us talk about elden ring but if you're not not tired just of us everybody everybody has sure. got to be sick of it by sure now. but if you're not tired of it yet what we're going to be doing on this most recent episode of the media files, which should be up by the time you're listening to this. I know we recorded it a little after when it was supposed to post. My fault. I did fall asleep when Kyle and I were sat down, or were supposed to sit down to record that episode. No, it's a, it's every, it's been a week, man. <laughs> it has been a week, but um, that episode should be up. Go check it out. Kyle and I are going to do a deep dive into Elden Ring. It is a spoiler cast. Now, obviously, there's not a ton of spoiler content in this game. It's not really narrative heavy, but it is a spoiler cast. And if you're interested in that, go check out the most recent episode of The Media Files. But Kyle, besides Elden Ring, you have been putting a decent amount of time into another game that recently was released, thank God, on Game Pass, even though they said it wasn't going to be. It did show up on Game Pass, and that game is Tunic. Yeah, man, I have actually put quite a bit of time into Tunic over the course of the last week. Elden Ring is a game that I can't play during the day when my kids are awake. So if I'm sitting down and my kids aren't hogging the Xbox, I can turn it on. I can play Tunic. And so I did that last week. I did it either the day after or the day of that it came out and ended up really, really enjoying this game right off the bat. I was as as beautiful as the graphics of the game are. I was initially a little bit put off by that. It's kind of this low poly, simplistic you know, art style. However, the colors and the vistas and the and the way that all of it fits together is just so satisfying to look at, so satisfying to watch. And before long, you're in these dark caverns, you're in these in these snowy mountains, you are deep in wells, there's fire, there's these dark glowing crystals, and that the light and color that they use in this game has really really enchanted me i've been i've been a big fan of what they've been able to do with the graphics of this game and i think it looks beautiful and runs like a charm too now it did get really good reviews when it came out i think it got better reviews than anybody was really expecting it mid 80s right mid 80s if i'm remembering correctly i last i i'm looking right now i think it was sitting at an 85 last i looked let's see yep still at an 85 
85, that's really, really good for a game like this. That's kind of mid-tier Zelda range. Some of the, some of the, you know, some Zelda games get kind of around the 85. And this overall does play mostly like a Zelda game. You, it, it is an over-the-top, you are wearing a green tunic, you have a sword, a it's shield, It's called tunic. Bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have a sword shield and bombs. You've got a grapple hook at one point. Um, you know, you really it really does draw a lot of inspiration from the Legend of Zelda series here. Even the narrative and structure of the game, there are regions of the world that are split up into, I guess you could call them dungeons, but they're not as concrete dungeon as a Zelda game would be where when you enter so they're not as fleshed out basically is what you're saying oh they're they're pretty well fleshed out but they're not okay so they are length because I I haven't played any tunic yet so I'm I I don't know I have and no experience on my end the the game is overall shorter so I would say number one the dungeons are shorter than what you might find in a Zelda dungeon but also instead of just sticking in a dungeon the whole time beating a boss at the end of the dungeon getting an item you kind of go in and out of that dungeon. You you have to go up to the top of it and then kind of come out and do something else and then go back in. And so there is there is a, kind of a little bit more of a fluid process of beating things Got that it. way. Yeah. However, it still feels overall the same. The way that you level up certain abilities that you've got is very interesting. There's there's secrets everywhere in this game. There are hidden passages, hidden shortcuts. And a lot of the time I will be playing and I will get, you know, 90% through a level and I will find a shortcut back to the beginning of the level. Now, the fun part, you know, if you're playing Elden Ring, you have to open a door or drop a ladder to access that shortcut, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And there are those present here. You either drop a rope or you drop a ladder or you lower a bridge, something along those lines in order to access a shortcut. However, there are shortcuts that are available from the very beginning of the of the dungeon or the level that you just never see because they are hidden so well. Okay. But when you find it 90% through the dungeon, you're like, oh my gosh, this was here the whole time. You just didn't see it. <laughs> I love that stuff, dude. I, I mean, from, from Software is, is brilliant with it. And I, I have yeah. always called those stuff Dark dark Soul Shortcuts, and I still always will. I love stuff like that. They are in the game, and, and you just never see them. And then the second you see it, you're like, oh my, those cheeky little bastards, you know? And it is fun. The game is hard. This is a difficult game. It starts, you know, at medium difficulty, but it ramps up by the end of the game. And in order to keep up and make the game, you know, stay on par with the enemies that you're fighting, it does behoove you to really check for shortcuts, check for secrets, look for special items, look for chests, because those are the things that are going to level you up. Good. And make you able to kind of compete against some of these in-game enemies and bosses. I am, right now, I have beat everything in the game besides the final boss. Oh, wow. Okay. There are, yes, I'm, I'm right at the end. I'm knocking on, knocking on the end of the game. There are a couple items that I want to go get before I fight the final boss. What's your playtime right now? Do you know? Them. If I had to guess, I would say eight hours. 
eight to nine hours. How long to beat? You're, I think you're moving through it a little quicker than normal. How long to beat has the average play time for the main story only at 12 hours, main plus extras at 14 and a half? Yeah, I usually run on the quicker end of how long to beat times. Yeah. Let's see. What's the speed run? Is there any speed runs? No speed runs yet. Well, I, fastest, I watched somebody on YouTube do it in like four hours. Fastest the other day, so. on here is an Xbox Series X run that was six hours. Okay. Well, maybe not four. But <laughs> well, they, they, the they might not have. They might not have reported it. This is only stuff that's reported. That's true too. This is the only stuff that's reported. So at any rate, it's it is a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it. A lot of people compare it to Death's Door, which came out last year. And I liked Death's Door. See, I, did I was going to ask you Death about Store. that. I was going to ask how it compares to Death's Door and Archvale, two games that released last year, both with similar art styles and both with similar gameplay aesthetics, how it compares to those I two. I would not compare it to Archvale. In fact, that, that comparison is not. Archvale is, in my mind, so much less Zelda and so much more bullet hell. Sure. This is this is very similar to Death's Door in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Because I did like Death's uh, Door a lot more than Archvale. Yeah, and for whatever reason... Um, I've been enjoying this a lot more than I enjoyed Death's Door. I liked Death's Door, didn't love Death's Door. Uh, this one, this one has clicked with me a little bit more. I think that by the end game, the difficulty of this one is a little bit higher than Death's Door was, uh, because you have a, you know, Death's Door, you had all those different weapons you could use. Right. This this you are pretty limited in terms of in terms of weapon usage. There are some multi, there are multiple attacks you can use. Don't get me wrong, but you are still for the most part using the same sword over and over again. And that's just how this game runs. It's very Zelda, and so I think it's a little bit more difficult by the end game than Death's Door was. I have had some aggravation with this game, but I've also really enjoyed it as well. Okay, awesome. I do want to play it, and like I said, the team. Uh, Finji, right? That's who made this game. Finji. Oh my gosh, Brian! I haven't even mentioned the coolest part of this game. Oh, this is my favorite part of this game, and I can't believe I've forgotten it. <laughs> there is there is little to no dialogue in this game. Very very little. In fact, most of the things that you read in this game isn't it like a like a Hillian text or something almost? Yeah, it's in this it's in this very runic yeah. old text that you can't decipher. However. As you progress through the world, you will find pages of an instruction manual on a ground. Ooh, okay, cool. And those pages, like just like a piece of paper, have a front and a back to them. And as you and there's page numbers on the bottom right. And they will you will as you progress through the game, compile an instruction booklet of how to play. What does the that game. remind me of? What game did that before? Oh, I don't know. But at any rate, I was talking to Frank. And Frank goes, I can't figure out how to do this. And I said, have you looked at the instruction booklet? And he goes, no, I know how to move. I know how to attack. I don't need to do that. Heaven's Vault. I said, That's what it reminds me of. Oh, I've never played that. <laughs> I know. I talked a lot of praise on Heaven's Vault, that uh, game that was on Steam. I think it's on Switch now, too. But you are basically an archaeologist and you're trying to decipher the language and like you're going through these streams oh, and I stuff. Remember, remember that. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Yeah. So at any rate, the, the, you you never decipher the language in this game. I, I, I'm sure somebody will on YouTube. You know, I mean, there are people that will do that. This game does not have you do it as a mechanic of the game. But Frank says, Frank says to me, he goes, I know how to move. I know how to attack. I know how to equip items. And I said, Frank, go back and read the instruction manual. And as you go through the instruction manual, you will see in pictures and in some English words, occasionally there are English words written in the instruction manual, you will see hints about what to do and tips about where to go and ideas about how to kill certain enemies and bosses. 
and it will tell you kind of what to expect when you go. It's very, very cleverly done how they've put this instruction manual together. I will also say in in risking going into a little bit of spoiler territory here, there are two endings to this game. Good. There's there's three for Elden Ring. (laughs) One of the endings of Tunic requires you to compile most of the instruction manual and really look for clues throughout the instruction manual. I love it is that. a difficult ending to achieve. Is it a better ending? But if it is the true ending. Got it. So I gotta do it. It's a it's a secret ending, but yeah, you a gotta true do it. ending. You gotta do it then. And it it takes a lot of extra time than the than the normal ending. But once you do it, it does have a very satisfying kind of thing. It is hard though. It is hard because you have to really look at clues throughout this instruction manual and piece a bunch of things together. I love that. Very cool. Like I said, if you're playing this game, do not disregard the instruction manual. That is your key to beating this game. Go check it out. The team that made this game, Finji, they were adamant on social media that it wasn't coming to Game Pass, even though it was announced as a Game Pass release initially. And then when it released, it just showed up on Game Pass. So it is available if you have Xbox Game Pass to download and play. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Uh, go check it out. I do look forward to jumping into Tunic when I when I get to I'm after exci- I finish I'm excited for you to jump into it. Yeah, I am excited to play it myself. I really am. Before we move on from what to do with you, I do want to ask you, have you had a chance yet, and the answer is probably no, to watch the Paramount Plus premiere of Halo? I am halfway through that. I watched it yesterday while cleaning the house. What do you think? Um, what do I think? I think the CGI is mostly bad for a show that has a budget that high. The acting is decent. Acting there is are decent. Way, it could have been way better, though, huh? Could have been way better. There's a, <laughs> yeah, it could have been way better. There's a lot of game references. Oh, yeah. Um... But I almost feel like the references are tongue-in-cheek references to the to the game without actually pulling in what makes the game good. What do you think about Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief? Well, you know, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I just, you know, it, it's I'm not the hugest Halo fan either, and so I'm probably not the best authority to comment on it. It's okay. I'm I'll intrigued watch it. I'm going to continue watching I'm, it. I'm going to continue watching it as well. It set records for Paramount Plus, right? It is the most viewed world per premiere ever on Paramount Plus, from what I understand. Uh, it, beat, okay. it beat out 1883, which was the previous record holder. Uh, what a good show. So, yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but I did obviously edit the media files that you and Frank did, so I do want to uh, check out 1883. But 1883 reportedly had 4.9 million viewers for its premiere, so Halo had more than 4.9 million at least. Okay. Which is insane. That's awesome, man. That's huge. That's definitely huge. And it wasn't the best premiere episode, right? Obviously, without getting into uh, without getting into spoilers for the show, a lot of the citizens they're unsure of the Spartans when the when the series starts, right? But but they realize pretty quickly that the Spartans are not evil; they're not bad. So, right. I am curious where the series is going to go. I'm curious where the series is going to go. It's something I want to watch. I like that, you know, we are getting. Stuff like this, stuff like the Uncharted movie, which was received so well. The Sonic movie is getting, you know, Sonic 2 is getting ready to hit theaters, but the other, the initial Sonic movie Very was pretty well that. received. We will be doing a media files on Absolutely. that also. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I, I'm looking forward to to hearing that one. Who are you doing that one with? Do you know? I think with Bedroth. Oh, nice. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy right now that we're starting to get video game movie and TV adaptations that really don't suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is exciting. 
good for uh good for Paramount Plus, good for Halo. I don't know who who actually is producing this Halo series. Good for them. Good for them for oh, being the I most watched. Know, actually. Yeah, good for them because I don't even know who's behind it in all honesty. It was supposed to be Showtime, I think, originally. I remember seeing that at the start, that it was a Showtime, like it said, you know, Showtime presents or whatever. So I re- Producers I re- or a bunch of people, I don't know. I so. remember seeing that when the, when it started, though. So I do think, I know they have the Showtime tag on there still that is in the trailer, or not in the trailer, in the opening credits right. or whatever. So if you watched Halo, let us know what you think. Jump in Discord. Let us know what you think of the Halo series because I'm curious what others think. But, Kyle, I think that's going to bring us to the close of What's New With You. So let's jump into a little Sean Wolman lightning round. We only have two things in the lightning round this week. I know we took last week off for the Max Level podcast. We are going to still be skipping weeks here and there as I get busy at work and have a lot of things going on, especially probably right now. Uh, these next few weeks for Kyle are going to be a little hit or miss uh, without yes. getting into why. And then for me, the next few weeks are going to be a little hit or miss as well because I'm in the process of moving. So something could happen at any point to where we are unable to do something for a week or so. So these next few weeks might be a little hit or miss for the content. And I do apologize about that. Um, Kyle might get into the reason why it's for him at some point. If not, that's okay. But for me specifically, um, I have a lot going on with this move and I'm terrified of this move because I'm leaving in about three weeks and I still don't know where I'm going yet. Right. So I'm a little terrified. <laughs> I think, I think reasonably so. I'm a little scared cause I don't have a place to live yet. Come three weeks. Oh, so things could be hit or miss, but let's jump into a little lightning round. We're going to put 10 minutes on the clock uh, because we took last week off. I didn't really focus too much on last week for the main discussion, Kyle. We're going to be just kind of giving some thoughts and recapping the future game show from last week. So we only have two things in the lightning round this week. One apiece. Lightning round begins right now. According to a Bloomberg report, Sony will be announcing their long rumored Spartacus game subscription service in the very near future, potentially as early as this week. The service said to be Sony Interactive Entertainment's answer to Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass will reportedly debut with a splashy lineup of hit games from recent years. It will act as a combination of the existing PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, allowing customers to choose from multiple tiers offering catalogs of modern games and classic games from older PlayStation eras. According to documents obtained by Bloomberg in 2021, the most expensive tier will also give players access to extended demos and the ability to stream games online. Unlike Xbox Game Pass, which features all of Microsoft's new titles on the same day they release, Sony's new service is not expected to offer the same. So this is the same service that we have been referring to in the lightning round and in rumors for about a year now. I want to say that Bloomberg is the first, you know, journalist or journal outlet I, it's the right word to use there right to uh to report on this and everything that they've heard and everything they've been reporting it does seem legit so potentially as soon as this week we should see a re-debut of playstation now playstation plus can you know combined into one thing with i think a ten dollar tier a fifteen dollar tier and a twenty dollar tier from from what i've seen on the on the papers and that twenty dollar tier is going to be the one that um you know they're going to try to upsell you on most i I'm intrigued and I'm curious and I will potentially do it if they offer a a solid lineup of streaming games. But 
it's going to be tough for them to compete with Game Pass if they're not putting their titles day and date like Microsoft does. It's going to be tough to compete. I think that's one of the biggest draws to Game Pass for me. And I don't know what they could offer on their service that is not already offered on Game Pass. Now, I know that's not to say that every single game is on Game Pass. However, Game Pass does a really good job of getting new little indie titles, new big titles put on there. And this, you know, this sounds like... PlayStation now Redux. They need in a lot they of ways. need to have um, a partnership with another studio, right? Like they need to have a partnership with Square Enix that like all Square Enix's titles will be day and date on on whatever this service is called. Or Ubisoft or, or, or something. Ubisoft yeah. or um who's another one that I, well Ubisoft has Connect. They probably and Ubisoft just like Well it, EA it, has play, but they EA still has partner play, with Game Pass. Right, but Ubisoft is also partner with Game Pass now too. So <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. You know, it's it's tough. I don't know what they're going to do here. Like you said, Square is probably a good guess. Square is the only one that I can think of that that would just make a ton of sense to, for Sony to try to partner with. There's probably a, maybe one or two others that I'm that I'm not. Maybe Capcom. Capcom would be huge. Yeah, that would be big. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not holding my breath for something ground shaking here, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of subscription services. <laughs> oh boy. Rockstar Games has announced GTA Plus, a new subscription service exclusively for the PS5 and Xbox Series versions of Grand Theft Auto Online. It'll be priced at $5.99 per month. Being a GTA Plus member gets you a recurring monthly GTA $500,000 directly deposited to your Maze Bank account, plus the opportunity to claim properties in and around Los Santos that unlock gameplay updates you may have missed out on, special vehicle upgrades, member-only discounts, GTA bucks and RP bonuses, and more each month. Oh boy, I couldn't be less interested in this. I think this is awful. Yeah, this is weird. I, this is weird. This it will make them money, and it's awful for everybody else. Yeah, I'm 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 almost positive people will sign up for this. I'm almost positive people will sign up for this, but I don't know that this is a good idea. <laughs> you know, five ninety nine a month is not a. It's it, not terrible. It, six bucks. It's not. It's six bucks. But that's the price of Disney Plus. It is, and Disney Plus you is know a I mean? much I, better like bang for your buck. You get way more. They're trying, and you know, this isn't an MMO. This is not, there. It's not like there's, okay, I will say this. They do put out a lot of new content for the game. The GTA Online game has changed dramatically over the course of the years. There are lots of new heists, lots of new cars, big, big updates that they put into this. And I respect that. For the people that enjoy GTA Online and play it, this is probably amazing. But again, everything turning into this subscription model just feels gross, and I don't like it. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this doesn't do well. I really am. I really am. Because I don't want this to set the precedent for other studios moving forward. I don't want this to do good. Because I don't want other games that are just, you know, in a massive world like this that aren't MMOs, like you you mentioned. Like, let's say... (laughs) What what if what if CD Projekt Red would do like a a cyberpunk monthly thing or like a Witcher monthly thing where they gave you more content in this giant open world? Right. Like I don't want that. I don't think I would either. I don't want that. Now, obviously, like you said, GTA Online is not an MMO, but it is a massively multiplayer game. Right. You are seeing other people in there all the time. Sure. So what other I don't even know of another game like that could potentially do that. That's not Rockstar. The only one that comes to mind is Red Dead Online. It's it's still Rockstar as well. But 
I don't know. It, you know, I, I think the way that the servers kind of work in this are kind of similar to the way that, and somebody's going to tell me I'm super wrong, but kind of similar to the ways that like ARC survival evolved servers work. Okay. Maybe. Um, And so, you know what? I could see something like that, except that game sucks and is made poorly where GTA actually works. Yeah. G- for GTA sake. Online is, is a decent experience. I just have no interest oh, in yeah. it. Oh yeah. I've had a lot of fun in GTA Online. Don't get me wrong. I like watching people RP. On the no pixel server, I've never RP. All I've done is is spend hours trying to break into the Air Force Base and stuff. But, <laughs> but it is still a fun time. Oh man, we'll see how this does. We have one release date to confirm this week. There's a ton of release dates that got announced this week, but the only one that I'm that I pulled for this is one that I'm interested in for for purposes of playing with Frank. We were here forever. Releases on May 10th. We've played all of the We Were Here games together, and I'm looking forward to playing through that one with Frank. We do have one delay to talk about this week, Kyle. You actually have this on your Fantasy Critic roster, so you may want to drop it. Suicide Squad need to Kill the it, Justice yeah. League has officially been delayed to 2023. We knew it was likely delayed. It's officially been confirmed. You know, I'm I'm a little bit surprised because we've seen so much more of this one than we have Gotham Knights, which is coming this year. Which is still coming this year. As of right now, still coming this year. And I, I well, it has a release date now, it right? Does, like October something. Yeah. I just think it's so strange that this one's the delayed one, and that one isn't. Hopefully Gotham Knights is good. Oh, gosh, I hope so. I hope it's good. That'll be the end of the Sean Waltman Lightning Round. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Kyle, you know what that music means. It is time for the new release roulette. I did try to bring the new release roulette back. My God, I did try to bring the new release roulette back on YouTube. Um, Not nearly as as well of a reception for that coming back on YouTube as I was hoping for. So I don't know that I'm going to ever do that again. I think I may have missed (laughs) the boat by by stopping it when I started this new job uh, because we were getting a decent amount of views on them. And then, you know, obviously I stopped doing it when I started working. Uh, tried to restructure some things, tried to bring it back, and yeah, I don't know. It's something that I need to figure out if it's worth my time or not, but I do enjoy doing those videos, so I don't know. We have five games to talk about for the new release roulette this week. Nothing huge, but some games that I'm very interested in. Game number one coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. I think this is pronounced, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Akai? Akai? Something uh, like that? Ikai? Ikai? Ikai. Yeah. Ikai. We'll go with Ikai. Fear and anxiety prevail after the darkest tales from Japanese folklore come to life in this first-person psychological horror game. Set in a feudal era, Ikai revolves around the priestess of a shrine struggling to defeat the spirits of her past and her present. I like stuff like this. I've had this on yeah. my I've had this on my radar since it was initially announced. It is going to be a smaller type of game, but I enjoyed type, you know, these psychological horrors, especially ones that are set in areas that I really like, like the feudal area or the feudal era of Japan. Right. So I do plan on checking this out at some point. I don't know when, maybe when it's on sale, but I do want to check it out. Absolutely. Kyle, I know you're interested in this one. Game number two coming on Thursday to PC, PS4 and Xbox One. It is Weird West. 
Survive and unveil the mysteries of the Weird West through the intertwined destinies of its unusual heroes in an immersive sim from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. So this is Devolver Digital I've got this published. preloaded on my Xbox. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be Game Pass as well, correct? So yes. I'm looking forward to this, and I know you are too. I, You know what? This is going to be a really cool kind of CRPG over the top. I think it's going to be absolutely bananas. I love everything Devolver Digital does. So this is, I think this one's going to land well for me. You know what's interesting, though, is it's the team behind Dishonored and Prey, which you don't love. That's, well, it's the creator from Dishonored. Sure. Creators, you're right. But, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Something about this game turns me on. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. I also like this one. Game number three coming on Thursday to PC, Midnight Ghost Hunt. A chaotic multiplayer hide-and-seek game. Possess seemingly harmless objects as ghosts or chase them down as hunters before the clock strikes midnight. So we actually just saw this in the future game showcase uh, last week. We'll talk about it now. I have had this on my radar since it was released as well, kind of like Akai or Ikai. Um, yeah. This one has a lot of elements of Dead by Daylight, but it also has a lot of elements of Prop Night as well. So it's combining those two in a much more, you know, graphically intense game, sort of like DVD is. Prop Hunt doesn't really have, you know, a super strong graphical presentation. But Midnight Ghost Hunt does kind of, you know, bring that in. And it is a game that you could group up with your friends and play and hunt down some ghosts. But you're also able to play as the ghosts. And I think this looks really cool. I really do. Yeah, I honestly think this looks really great. Would be very interested in picking this up um, once it once it comes out, uh, which is this week. I, I again, when this was released, this was one of those games that. Or announced, I'm sorry, when it was announced, I, I kind of keep thinking about it and haven't seen it for like well over a year now. And I'm like, oh, it's dead. But here it is. It's finally coming out. Hopefully it's good, man. I really do hope it is. And I was thrown off when we initially saw it at the Future Game Showcase because, you know, a lot of the ghost hunters, it looks like they're carrying around guns. And some of them are. And I was like, oh, well, there's guns. So I'm, I'm not I'm not interested. But then it's basically they they make it known that these are like ghost busting equipment, right? Like you're playing is basically the Ghostbusters, and sure. I really like that. <laughs> I really like that a lot. So I uh, I think I'd probably have more fun playing as a ghost, but I do want to check this game out. Yep. Game number four coming on Thursday as well to PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. It is Coromon. Coromon is a modern take on the classic monster taming genre. Tame Coromon and explore a vast world filled with thrilling uh, turn-based battles, brain-twisting puzzles, and a mysterious threat to the world awaiting defeat. Nobody said being a battle researcher was easy. So this is our next Pokemon-like game. This one has been announced for a while. It's finally releasing at the end of this quarter. A lot of these games are just coming out now on March 31st because it's the end of the fiscal year, so they got to get them out. Right. (laughs) But uh, this has also been on my radar. I love the art style. I love the pixel art style. I think this game looks really good. I really do. This is very much, like you said, a... I don't want to say ripoff. It is a Pokemon ripoff. 100% Um, it is, but it looks good. It does look good. It looks it looks charming. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. There have been a lot of these games though over the last year that are like Pokemon inspired. There have been a lot of them. What was that other one? I think it started with like an H or something. There was Temtem. Temtem was another one. But there was another one that just came out like Monster Sanctuary may have been. The oh, name. Monster Sanctuary, yeah. Monster Crown. Yeah, Monster Crown was another one. Yep. There's been a yeah. lot of these over the last year. This one does look good though. I am curious about yeah. it. And then I know this one will uh will be Frank's pickup this week, probably game number five coming on Thursday to PlayStation VR. It's Moss Book 2. He loved the first Moss, so I'm sure he'll pick this up. 
Quill is back and she's being hunted. Those who seek to unmake this world are desperate for the glass she holds and they'll stop at nothing to claw it from her grasp. But the young hero has a plan of her own, one that could finally end the merciless rule of the arcane and restore peace to Moss once more. To stand a chance, Quill will need a true partner by her side, and we hope that partner is you. With her, you'll venture deep inside the hexed castle of the arcane where dangerous terrain, challenging puzzles, and enemies twisted in fire and steel await. The journey will be trying, filled with triumph and heartbreak alike, but new allies, old friends, and the very nature of the castle itself can offer help along the way. Yet, in the end, it is you alone who can lift Quill up to save this world and together rise to legend. I do want to play this series whenever I get a PlayStation VR 2. I know it'll be yeah, backwards that's something compatible. I would, yeah. I would definitely be into. I know Frank spoke very highly of the first Moss. I do want to check it out, and this one looks great to me as well. So whenever I do get my hands on that new PSVR 2 once it releases this holiday season, I know for sure this is a series that I'll check out. Yep. I'd be very interested in getting into this. Yeah, me too. Like you said, as long as it's backwards compatible and I can play the, the first one, I'll be there. Yeah, me too. Uh, pick of the week this week for me, I think I'd go with Midnight's Ghost Hunt for my pick of the week this week. I think I'm going Weird West. Okay. Sev likes to do uh, what we think is going to score the least out of these as well. So let's see. Based on this list, I would probably go with Ikai as the one that's going to For the sc- worst score? Yeah, for the worst scoring game on Open Critic this week. I would probably go with Ikai. You know what? I think I'm going Midnight Ghost Hunt. Okay. <laughs> I think this game, I think it might be broken on release. That's why we haven't seen anything leading up to it. We'll see. I think this might score in like the 60s. All right. Oh my God. Hang on. But highest, I think Weird West. Highest? I think Weird West as well. I do. I would say highest would be Weird West as well. Yep, absolutely. I think that one will score really well. Let us know what you think. What game's going to score the best? What game's going to score the worst? What's your pick of the week? Jump in Discord. Let us know. Uh, Kyle, we do have to recap the future game showcase from last week, though. There was a lot of stuff in there. Did you get a chance? Because I know you were popping in and out of the chat. Did you get a chance to, like, check it all out? Yeah, I've watched all the trailers. I've I've seen everything that's that they've got to offer. I thought it was a really great showcase, man. What did you like the best? Before we start just recapping everything, what stuck out to you most from that showcase that we should start with? You know what? I actually made a list of my top three. Oh, you always do. I always do. I'm a ranker, man. You are. Isn't there a website called Ranker? Yeah. I should, you should that, just start. That was my website. <laughs> somebody somebody stole it from me. <laughs> what do you got? What, what stuck out to you what most? Of, hold on. I got to find my list. I lost it. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I actually think this, uh, I actually think this showcase was, it was not my favorite future game showcase, I don't think. I know. I think they've had some stronger ones in the past since they've started doing this. But I do appreciate a ton of stuff that we saw here. And I'm curious oh, yeah. what you have on your list because I think I know what those three games are. Okay. Okay. Tell me what you think they are because I've got them here. Turbo Golf Racing. Okay. That, that's number three. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that Turbo Golf Racing would be on there. Um, yep. Let me see. I'm still going through. The Outbound Ghost. That's number two. And... Come on, Brian. <laughs> and Imp of the Sun. This is not a hard one. You can do number one easy. Imp of the Sun. No. No, damn it. Wait, hang on. Hang on. Let me look again. Hang on. Number one easy. Number one easy. It's an easy number one for me. Oh. Would you have Lego Star Wars at number one? It's Lego Star okay. Wars. Okay. 
I wasn't sure. I because I knew that one was already confirmed, but I wasn't sure. Okay, so it is Lego Star Wars. Man, I gotta I gotta start throwing some curveballs. I'm too easy to read. <laughs> I, Jeez, well, well I was thinking it wouldn't be Lego Star Wars because it was releasing like next week. But I know, but I'm so hyped for no, it. For sure. Okay. Well, tell me about your top three. Why do Why do you pick those as your top three? Uh, you know what, Lego Star Wars. Like I said, number one, Lego Star Wars. This is a almost certain, and I don't I don't do pre-orders I will run down to the store and pick it up or I will buy it off Amazon and have it delivered the next day based on reviews um but I am really expecting this game to review very very well I think everything that we've seen from this game so far has been very very impressive in terms of the graphics the new kind of gameplay mechanics that they're introducing to the the world of these lego games the lego games were very fun my kids played the lego games still i think they're playing one right now i can hear them downstairs (laughs) i think they're playing lego marvel or something right now and they love them they are huge fans of them they like watching the lego tv shows they Mm -hmm. like the lego movies they like legos and so it is one of my kids birthdays coming up. This is going to be the big pickup for that year for him. And I and I plan on playing through the whole thing with him. Probably going to get it on the PS5 just because it's easiest. We have it set up already in multiple controllers. So going to pick this game up. Easy number one for me. Well, let me let me tie this in before we move on to number two and three. Where would Lego Bricktails have fallen on your list? Lego Bricktails. Brian, I was very excited by this. And this is, we've seen something similar to this before. We have. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there Lego was Worlds. like a- Lego Worlds, I think is the name of the game. Yeah, and it looks like uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker in a lot of ways. But this is this is a game that we have seen something similar to before. I really like the look of Lego Bricktails a lot. I like that you act get to actually build vehicles and, and structures. Um very interested to see how that one turns out. I think that the Lego, if Lego Worlds was pretty good, which it was, um, kind of being the proof of concept for something like this, and this kind of gets to expand on that and add in a little bit more of that free build mode with Legos that I want. And well, that's that I what think it is seems really like it is. Like it this. seems like it's a puzzle, like a puzzle based solving game where right. you have to figure out they give you a set amount of Lego blick, uh, bricks, right? And you have to build something to figure out the puzzle and the trailer shows like trial and error right like you build something and it doesn't work so you have to keep figuring something out that will work until you can progress and i really like that concept i think it's very cool and i think that they've they're they're using the lego properties in such interesting ways in in various forms of media now like i said the tv shows the movies but also games like this and uh, it will. It's almost definitely going to be a game that I check out once it comes out. I do like the Lego-based games, like Lego Star Wars, like Lego Indiana Jones, you know, Lego Harry Potter. Those are good games, but I don't. I don't speak highly of them. Like I don't go back to them, and I, they're not my favorites. Well, sure. Yeah. Lego Brick Tales is something that I'm very intrigued by. You know, I I will say though that that old formula of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, whatever you know, Marvel, DC. I think that they are reinventing that with this new I hope Star so. Wars. I hope release. so because I feel like it's gotten a little stale. It has. It absolutely has, and I think they think the same. <laughs> but that's why I will let you know exactly in a couple of weeks just how Lego Star Wars plays. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Your number two though is probably one of my most anticipated from this uh, from this. I know, presentation. I know it is, and I think anybody who watched the showcase would be hard pressed to disagree. I, I mean, the outbound ghost. You are a little ghost. It's 
very cute, very RPG. Reminds me a lot of Paper Mario, of course, in terms of the uh, graphical style that they're going with. Obvious inspiration there, but man, does this look cute or what? It looks so charming. It looks, man, it really does look like what Paper Mario should still look like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now I will say this. I am still a big fan of Paper Mario. Me too. I still but play it, it every has Paper gone Mario downhill game since out. a thousand year door. You know what? Yes. Uh, yeah, I you're right. And it's because they're splitting it up between Paper Mario and the RPG series. Um, they could probably combine those back into one because it seems like the RPG series is probably dead. Which does make me a little sad because I do like when they do the Mario and Luigi games. Like those are good games. I think they're fun. Yeah. I liked them. I liked games. them up to a certain point. They're, yeah. They, the they most have recent not two have amazing. not been great. Most recent Agreed. two have not I been thought, great. I thought Dream Team was very weak. Um, however, and I think Paper Jam was the other one paper, where they kind paper of jam. crossover. Yeah. That one sucks. However, um, you know what? I do like the Paper Mario game still, and this game just looks very, very cute. I'm happy about it. And it's coming soon. It is. Yeah. And I know this is not the first time we've seen this game. This game was already announced. I remember yes. for sure we had seen the Outbound Ghost previously, but it wasn't like a big in-depth look. And this one actually showcased just how much of a Paper Mario game this is. And I think you, everyone should be hyped for this. I really do. Do we have a release date for this? I'm curious. It said coming soon. Let me see if there's an actual confirmed official date. Uh, nope. Steam just has it as 2022 as well. So just 2022 okay. for now. But man, this looks so but good. But it will be coming to Switch. It will be coming to pretty much every console. Yeah, absolutely. And it just looks so good. Even yeah, all the even all the good. fucking ghosts, man. Like they just the ghost designs are so good. They look like they have so much personality. Oh my god, this looks so good. <laughs> yeah, big fan. This looks so good. And then Rocket League Golf, huh? Number three. Yeah, Rocket League Golf. I don't even know what it's actually called. That's what it's called in my brain. Um, I you know I don't have any anticipation of this being a great game. Turbo I'll Golf Racing is the you. actual name of it. Turbo Golf Racing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any anticipation of this being a great game. I think. Very likely it will be fun for a couple hours and then get stale very quickly. However, I want it to be a great game. I want this to be the next big car racer. Um, being such a huge fan of Rocket League and myself. And there's potential that it could be. There is it does a lot have of potential, potential for this. It seemed like a cool concept and, and, a, and a nice kind of blend between the way that the most recent Mario Golf handled some of the multiplayer aspects and yeah, the way that Rocket League handles, yeah. handles soccer. It seems like a nice blend between those two. Yeah. Uh, this is one that, again, being such a huge Rocket League fan, immediately I'm sucked into this. Um, Destruction All-Stars did not fill that. No, that, that came and went quick. All that me. came and went quick. That I'm sucked. surprised the servers are still up for that. Me too. Uh, but it's been less than a year, I think. <laughs> However, actually been a year as of last month. I think it came out in February of 2021. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at any rate, I'm pretty excited for that. Looks pretty cool. I like golf games. I like Rocket League. Put them together. Bada boom. And there's a beta coming soon. Are you going to check it out? Oh, sure. Yeah, that'll be that'll be your way to see if it's good or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder when the beta actually. Did they say? I think the beta soon. Turbo Golf Racing oh, beta. Yeah, I think the beta is real soon. Um, let's see here. You know, I nearly thought this was Rocket League at the beginning. I did too. Of the trailer, um, but the car designs were different enough that I I recognized that it wasn't. So there is no official date for the beta. But you can sign up on their website for the beta, and there is a link for content creators as well that we should probably fill out for you to try to get access to this, because I think that would be a good idea. 
Pirates. <laughs> I think that'd be a good idea. Um, let's see. Some of the other stuff that stuck out to me on this presentation. The very first game that they introed, The Time I Have Left, which is this kind of like time-driven escape adventure mixed with... Um, elements of mirror's edge like i really had a strong mirror's edge vibe when i was watching this trailer the the game presentation or at least the trailer presentation it was very neon it was very red which yeah a lot of times mirror's edge would use that in their marketing as well i think the soundtrack sounded dope for this game it's something that i really want to check out and i like the the way it's being described this time-driven escape adventure that sounds cool to me and the presentation of the game looks really mm-hmm. intriguing. So it, it is something, I know it's coming next year, 2023, but I did stick it on my radar. It does look kind of cool. I don't think you were in chat yet for that one. Did you get a chance to check that one out? I watched the trailer afterwards. I, I came in after that, but no, it does. It looks it looks pretty neat. Yeah. Um. What was that other one that I thought, uh, oh man, it was... It was kind of like a mix between Among Us and Clue. Oh, gosh. Which, oh, yeah. What was that called? Was that called Crime Site? Because I'm looking at the I list. Was call, of, I was calling it Amongst Us. Amongst Us is what you were calling it. I was looking, I think, because I remember, and this is code, it was a Konami game. I think it's called Crime Site. Let me look. Yep, Crime Site, because it's got like an anime art style. But in this particular game, you are, it's isometric right it had this like isometric over the shoulder view and you were looking at this gameplay area that reminded me of like a living clue board and yeah that's what yeah it felt just like that yeah and and this is described as like a sherlockian social deduction game so you're going around and you're trying to figure out who done it or whatever and i don't know man i'm not a huge fan of among us but i'm a massive fan of the board game clue and if this yeah has any elements of that it comes out on april 14th so it's about two weeks away i would have a lot of fun with this game if it plays like clue oh yeah i think it'd be a it'd be a really really good party game i think so too and i think i'd have a lot of fun with it it reminds me of there was another game that came out oh my god i'd have to look on steam there's another game that came out a few years ago that was similar and that you were walking around like this mansion and trying to figure out who did it but it wasn't like, and I don't even remember what the name of the game, but it, it wasn't like clue-based or anything. But I did get access to it. I think it might have started with an M, but man, I don't remember what it was called. The only other ones I can think of, there was there was the spy hunt one where somebody's like at a, at a dinner party and one of them is a spy and then the, you're a sniper outside the building and you have to figure out which one's the which one's the player. I think that might be what I'm trying to think of. Have you seen that one? Yes, and I've played that. And you're I think a that, sniper outside of a building. I think that's what building. I'm trying to think of. And all of them are NPCs except for one. One's a player. And right. You have but to figure the, but out which the, one but it the is. player is trying to act like an NPC. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yep. That's the game I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the name. I don't either. And then there was Operation Tango, which came out a few months ago and literally nobody played. You and I were going to play that together because it, it was like a game pa- or not a game pass. It was a PlayStation Plus game. PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And we never played it. <laughs> never played. <laughs> and I don't know that we ever will at this point. I don't know that we ever will. Um, what else stuck out to me? What else stuck out to me? The virtual show floor always sticks out to me that they always do, right? Like the where they walk Super through cool. and, and show yeah. a bunch of demos and stuff and give stuff away. There was a ton of good stuff in that. Curse to Golf looks good. Terror of Hemosaurus looks amazing. Awesome. Um, the the new Rampage style game, Terror of Hemosaurus, that looks so good. Yep. 
what else was in that? Norco, I think, looks pretty good. Spirit of the Island looks pretty good. Power Cord looks pretty good. There was a lot of good Power stuff Cord in that virtual show. Cool, yeah. yeah, a lot of cool stuff there. But the one that I want to know about most, I think, is Sengoku Dynasty. Okay, yeah. So Sengoku Dynasty, when we saw the trailer for it, I was not expecting it to look like it did. Yeah. This is a this, gorgeous yeah. game. By the name Sengoku Dynasty, I'm thinking, not the game I'm thinking that I Dynasty Warriors. I'm thinking of course. something that, you know, is turn-based, maybe RTS, something like that. Yeah, like a, like a, a what's that, Three Hearts, Kingdom of Three Hearts, Kingdom of Three Romances. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Of series. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Thank you. Something Gosh, like that. It. And it's yeah. nothing like that. Like, Steam describes this game adventure, RPG, simulation, life sim, and 3D. Yes. And that's what I want. That's what I want out of this. It's a beautiful looking game. Really beautiful game. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking game. And it says it is a themed survival adventure where players will have to build and protect a village in war-torn Japan. So cool. So, So it's like you are sort of in charge of your of your village or whatever and you are building it up maybe fortifying it whatever you know getting ready for invaders but while you're not being invaded it's a life sim and you're just fucking in your village doing shit but then every so often you're probably gonna have to go through some battles and defend your village and i think that sounds really fucking cool dude I think it does too. It also is solo or co-op, so you can bring in friends with you to play. Um, you there is a sandbox mode if you don't want to do that whole story with the invasions and stuff like that. You can just sandbox it, but then there's this whole world that you can go out and explore also, and then return to your village and kind of build it up and protect it. Very very cool game ideas here that I really hope pan out. Yeah, like of everything we saw outside of maybe the outbound ghost. This is one that I know I would probably play from start to finish. Yeah. Everything else, I'm not sure I'd play from start to finish, but I know this one I would. This one looks really see, freaking you're not, good. You're not much of the crafting survival type gamer either, so that kind of surprises me. Right. And remember, I was sort of intrigued by, um, what was that other one that we were sort of looking into, but I didn't I didn't like the way that the servers were done. Valheim. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was intrigued by that game, but I didn't like the way that the servers were done. So I'm hoping that... Sengoku Dynasty because it is more designed around the single player aspect I think whereas Valheim was more designed around the multiplayer aspect I'm hoping that it'll be a better experience because you're right I tend not to like survival based or crafting based games where that's the main mechanic sure and there I I just found another game called Wild West Dynasty oh wow which is a similar I'm guessing cowboy yeah Huh? I'm guessing similar, it right? Looks, it looks exactly the same, but you're a cowboy. <laughs> is it the same team? No, it is not the same team. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> What's it called? Wild West Dynasty? Wild West Dynasty. Cowboy, cowboy Settlers and Gunslingers. It is not the same team. It's the same publisher. Oh, is it? Toplitz Productions published Wild West Dynasty, and they are publishing Sengoku Dynasty. It is the same okay. publisher, different teams. There neither neither one of them are released yet, though. They both come out this year. Man, I <laughs> I might be into this Wild West Dynasty. I mean, I'd be into Sengoku Dynasty, too. I just threw it on my crap. Steam watch list. I mean, this is something that, again, if it plays good, graphics look great for Wild West Dynasty, too. They really do. They really do look good, yeah. This would be something I'd be intrigued by. It really Super would be. Cool. It really would be. 
Um, let's see. We had the team. You know, that, that Sengoku Dynasty kind of gives me a Seven Days to Die vibe, too. It where does. You, you build up, you explore, and then every now and then you get attacked. It does. It really does. I think it looks cool. Um, as usual, we did have a, you know, a showcase of Team 17 stuff. There was some good things in there. Uh, I just want to point out the Unliving. I think that stuck out to me most. I know you and I are, are looking forward to that game. We've talked about it a few times here on the show. That game looks freaking dope. Yep. Is it out yet? No. Comes at first the half Unliving of the year. Not out yet. First half of the year. Raise the Dead is a fearsome necromancer in the dark world of the Unliving. Man, this game looks so cool. It's a roguelite, and you know we love that kind of shit. Yep. <laughs> it looks so good. The, the graphics are just beautiful. The colors, man, this game looks good. The Unliving looks really cool. Um, What else? What else was on there that I wanted to point out? I know there was a few other ones. I'm trying to think. I'm going through the list. Um, Imp of the Sun. I know I kind of asked if that was on your list. This is a Peruvian platformer. It was a shadow drop. I don't know if this was announced before the showcase. I feel like it was. I feel like we had seen it before, but it was a shadow drop. It did uh, release right after the showcase ended. It is out on PC. I've not had it. I think it's out on, on Switch as well, but I've not had a chance to check it out yet. But this game looks gorgeous dude it does look very cool it looks so cool there's some obviously elements of metroidvanias in here elements of hollow knight elements of games that i know you and i are both huge fans of um the boss encounters look really interesting in this game it is a game that i want to play it's 20 bucks on epic game store it's not that expensive no not that expensive super cool use of colors um very neat use of like hand-drawn backgrounds that I think is awesome. Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. Looks like a good game. I think so too. I think, I wonder if anyone's reviewed it yet. I know it just shadow dropped, but I'm curious. Let's check open critic for imp of the sun. And it's not even on here yet. <laughs> it's on, it's on Metacritic, but no reviews yet. Okay. Imp of the sun. I just was typing an imp of the sun review into Google at this point. Tech right. tech week gave it a 4.8 out of five. That's the Ooh. only review I see. But, yeah, it's something I want to check out. The last game that I want to talk about here that was highlighted during the Future Game Show Spring Showcase is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. Now, this is a game that's releasing on May 19th. We're about a month and a half away. I am very intrigued by this. I'm not a huge Vampire the Masquerade fan, but I'm a big RPG fan. I love the Bioware formula, as I've talked about time and time again. I I was thinking that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy last year, you know, was was designed around the Bioware formula before I realized I was wrong. Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, definitely is designed around the Bioware formula. And I can say that with 100% certainty. And I'm very much looking forward to this RPG. Could be really cool. I really like the graphical style of this, too. It's not like a it's not a like hyper realistic graphical style. The characters almost look a little bit cartoony. And that's um, OK. Which I like. Yeah, that's OK yeah. for this, for I this think it, series. Yeah, I think it looks really good. I think they've got a really cool kind of gothic setting going on here. I've never played any of the vampire games. Nor so. have I. Well, I played, I've played vampire games, but I've never played any of the Vampire the Masquerade game. Right, right. That's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. This will be my first, and I really think this looks good. I really do. I love that we keep getting the future game showcase every couple months. Right? They usually have a spring showcase. They usually have a showcase around E3 right. time, and they usually have a fall showcase. So I do like that we get this about three times a year. They did say they would be back around E3 time. So I'm looking forward to the next one. I really am. And I'm actually looking forward to this Thursday. 
remember, the New Game Plus Expo is this Thursday at like 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, which is very Japanese heavy. It always is. NAS America is going to be you there. Should be, you should be just about ready to start New Game Plus on Elden Ring by that point, too. I should be. <laughs> I should be. Hopefully, if I get a chance to play it over the next few days, I will be. Uh, I will likely already be in New Game Plus by that point, hopefully. Right. But unfortunately, I won't be able to cover that one live. I will be at work, but I do plan on sitting down and watching it after. I likely will just record my reaction and put it up on YouTube after. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, it's always a big showcase for Japanese games and RPGs. I'm hoping to get some updates on The Legend of Heroes. I'm hoping to get some updates on some stuff that Idea Factory International might be doing. Should be a good showcase. But then after that, I think it's going to die down for a bit until we get to uh, June. I really yeah. do. Except for when Sony announces their subscription service. That'll be a big deal. But Which might be this week. Which might be this week. I know. I know, I know. I'm excited. But yeah, make sure you are following us and subscribe to us over on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. We do have a full reaction video up to the future game showcase for spring 2022. There was some other stuff in there that we didn't go over here on the show today. Go check out my reaction. And again, I'll have another one up this Thursday night for the New Game Plus Expo. So check it out, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. But Kyle, you know what that music means. It is time for a little kickstart my heart before we get on out of here today. And there's not a ton of stuff on Kickstarter this week. So what I found is a 2D base building strategy game with great pixel art, fast combat, and an incredible atmosphere called Sons of Valhalla. Now, there is a right. three days to go. This one actually will be ending, basically, right around the time this podcast is posting. It did hit its goal, but like I said, not a ton of stuff on here, so we are going to focus on this one. Sons of Valhalla is a side-scrolling base-building strategy game that catapults you into the age of the Vikings. When Thorold Olavsson, when Thorold Olavsson, I think is yeah, Thorold Olavsson's village is burned down by Valgard, a Viking jarl, he swears revenge. Not only that his father, a respected Viking, was killed in the devious attack, but also that his great love Raja fell victim to Valgard Varenson. Therefore, he goes to England, finding out what has become of Raja. Thorald soon realizes that Raja seems to play an important role for the English king and puts himself in ever great danger. So the core of Sons of Valhalla are the fast, intense action battles mixed with real-time strategy elements. You'll be creating an army of Vikings and taking them to war against England. Improve your skills and strengthen your warriors for the next battle. Build fortresses to ensure a steady flow of resources and warriors. Plunder and conquer enemy villages and castles. So I kind of like that this ties into what we were talking about with, like, the Wild West Dynasty and Sengoku Dynasty. It's a very similar style game. This one is just pixel art, 2D, side-scrolling almost. But before we continue, just looking at the graphics, looking at the gameplay, looking at the trailer, this game looks kind of good, dude. It looks really fun. I actually really like the looks of this game. I do, too. I do, too. Like, And I love that it's pixel-based because I think it's gorgeous. I think this is gorgeous. So it says there are intense action battles. You will fight waves of opponents whose skills will steadily improve. There is a 24-hour uh, weather system. Experience a wonderful daily cycle and a variety of weather conditions, such as rain. And my God, that gif of the rain just looks absolutely stunning. Super cool. It looks so good. There are boss fights waiting for you. There is base building elements, towers, and a wall to withstand a siege. You'll be commanding your units, training them up. 
you will be raiding fortresses. Obviously, there are, like, siege equipment, like the battering ram and the catapult and shit. Um, dude, this game just looks so fucking cool. <laughs> Those ships that you can actually build. Oh, man, this looks cool. And you can get in for $17 at the earliest tier. It's not I bad. think that is a... That is a decent price for a game like this. Yeah, and they're saying it's going to be out by the end of this year. So for $17, you get the digital game on PC and the wallpapers when it releases by December. I think that's pretty badass. That's not bad at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And there are stretch goals, right? Like, they've already hit their first one, which was, well, that was just the funding goal. Um, probably not going to hit the next stretch goal before the next day, before they, the thing ends, which would have been adding more mini-bosses. But that's okay, because I think the, the base game that's here actually looks really fucking cool, dude. I, I mean, I even, even without the stretch goals, I think this game looks really dope. Uh, it is planned to release first on PC, and then they are going to port it to Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation after the fact. I think this looks awesome. And it's probably not going to be something I pledge to, but I likely will pick it up when it releases. You know, there, there's some, this is not a, a difficult one to back, I think. I'm not sure that I'll pl pledge it either, but if you want instant access to play the pre-builds and alphas right now, $44, you can jump into that, or you can get double access, you and a friend, for $66. That's really cool. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. You not get bad double everything. 33 bucks. Your own dog, the digital download of the game, instant access, art book, soundtrack, wallpapers, posters, world map. Your list and your name in the credits. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Go check it out. Like I said, it is ending in three days. So by the time this podcast posts, if it's up on time, it's probably ending in a few hours. If it's not up on time, it's likely already over. They were looking for $21,968 US dollars. They did reach that. They're currently sitting at $31,759 US dollars. So at least it's funded. At least it'll get made. I'm looking forward to it. Check it out. Kickstarter.com. The name of this game, Sons of Valhalla. But Kyle, unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. And you're back. You get to grace us with the PP this week. Oh, gosh, I was unprepared. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> so many things out. Well, actually, I don't even know. I don't know with what you listen to, but there likely is because there's been so much. There's been so much new music as of late. I listen to so many things, dude. So much. New you know music. what? Here we go. A band that I've been familiar with previously, uh, but they just came out with a new album. I believe they're from New Zealand, but they just came out with a new album. Let's see the name of it called Present Tense. The name of the band is Yumi Zuma. You, it's Y-U-M-I space Z-O-U-M-A. Yumi Zuma is the name of the band, and they have just the coolest... It's it's a it's kind of a revamped version of like late 80s emo rock. And Ooh. if I mean I'm thinking a lot of things like The Cure, The Smiths. I love um, that. Yeah, I do too. I'm Morrissey, stuff like that, you know. I'm I'm really into stuff like that. And this is just kind of a new, cool, revamped version of that. Um, the opening track on the record is a track called Give It Hell. I've listened to the whole record a few times and actually really like the whole thing. But I can imagine after a party, it's midnight, you're driving home. In, in my city, I live in Las Vegas, the lights are never off. And so you've still got bright lights all around you. You're tired, but you had a blast. You're driving home with somebody, and this is the music you're playing. 
cool wind blowing in through the windows with the windows down. This is the song that's on the radio in my brain during that drive home. Go listen to Give It Hell by Yumi Zuma. And we didn't actually mention it. I'm going to cut in. Rest in peace to Taylor Hawkins. Oh my gosh, man. I am. I was wearing a Foo Fighters shirt when you told me that, Brian. We found out live while playing Elden Ring. We saw it happen. Like We saw the breaking story. So rest in peace to Taylor Hawkins. That's Big so rip to Taylor Hawkins. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode. 